Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. And yes, we are on TalkShoe, the health and wellness for the golden age. And it is a golden time. Some are uh, frying while they're being golden. Uh, it could be suntan, but it's a, a very hot in some areas. We've been under a lot of rain and overcast. I'm seeing the sun, or at least I'm seeing the angle of the sun in the window. So uh, we're getting some variety, and I hope everybody's feeling well because it's a lot of crap coming out. So we're on to bigger and better things. We started the uh, the program with our chit-chat with uh, talking about the different foods and where they're coming from, and I wanted uh, Orpha to kind of go over what they're doing with the salmon and starting to GMO them. And if anybody else uh, has any other information, please just step in because our food is being so contaminated today that uh, whatever you're eating, you have no idea what they put into it unless you've done a lot of reading. And that's very, very important that you do a lot of reading because uh, it ain't what you think it is. And that's where we're in the trouble. And we need to really, really be uh, on top of a lot of this because no way are they going to let us survive. But uh, go ahead, Orford, tell us a little bit about this uh, geoengineering of the salmon so that we have a little more reality on that. Well, I don't... I don't know exactly what they're doing. I've just I just know that they're trying to genetically modify the salmon now cuz it was one of the more pure foods you could get. Of course, you don't want to buy anything that's farmed. But the salmon up around Alaska and stuff, the sockeye and wild caught salmon is is still okay. But <clears throat> just been hearing rumors that they're going to start genetically modifying salmon, which is really sad. Um, But, you know, it's like any of the other fish, you don't want to get the kind that's farmed. Right. And if you go into the store and you go to the meat department and it says farmed catfish, stay away from it. (laughs) Um, They actually are labeling it farmed catfish? I've seen it labeled farmed, and and people don't understand what that means, so it doesn't scare them. Um, But I have seen it labeled farmed. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Because people think, well, if it's farmed, then they're being taken care of, and you know, they're they're in a clean environment. They're not out there in the, you know, when you have a puddle of water, there's going to be muck, you know. (laughs) <laughs> so, and 
and catfish are bottom feeders. So, you know, you're not going to get a, <laughs> what you're thinking. You know, it's not a, a pristine little goldfish you're looking at. Of course, goldfish aren't really clean fish either. But, no. um, you know, it's, uh, people don't understand what farmed means. And <sighs> farmed is, is a horrible environment for these fish. Um, but I don't know exactly, you know, a whole lot about the GMOing salmon, but they are starting to go that route. They they want to genetically modify the salmon, mm-hmm. and I think they've already done it um, or started some places. But I, as far as I know. The Alaskan wild caught are still okay. The problem is where where it's going to come in is when the salmon, you know, swim upstream mm-hmm. and they they yeah. mate with the wild caught. You know, the, if they turn loose some of these genetically modified fish to mingle with the wild caught, then the wild caught. But that's how they're going to get, you know, the wild-caught animal. But I, you know, I, I with the, the laws being where they don't have to tell us when something yeah. is genetically modified, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll probably, you know, I don't know. I, there are still companies out there that still, you know, that are still, still wanting to label that and those are the companies I go through for if if they're willing to put on the can or the package or whatever it is that I'm buying that they do not genetically that they you know the non-gmo project I really follow that yeah. um but there there's there's some other things that are um they don't say non-gmo project but they say they do not use you know, genetically modified organisms. So that's that's kind of the way I'm looking. That's the reason I like to buy organic because technically the rules with organic is they cannot use genetically modified organisms with, in the making of the product. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, there's... There's that wiggle room, of course. So you might, you know, it might come in contact with something somewhere. But basically speaking, organic food, they cannot use genetically modified stuff. So that's basically what I'm looking for. Yes, organic, you're getting away from the chemicals. I've gotten rid of a lot of chemicals in my in my diet doing that. But if I have a choice <clears throat> between something, um, I'm I'm basically looking for the non GMO product. Right. That that's what I will buy over something else. Um, try to get rid of gluten as much as I can. Gluten is not good for us. 
and I just love it when I look at something and says, uh, you know, in the in the ingredients and and it shows that they've added vital gluten. I'm going, oh, geez. What? <laughs> oh yeah, there, there's a lot of things that they'll say they've added, you know, added gluten to it. It's already got gluten in it, and they add more to it. I don't understand that. But anyway, yeah, that's it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, if I can't find something that is organic, I am definitely going to look for non-GMO. And actually, the non-GMO is more important than the organic, I think. Because <laughs> if someone's taking the time to make sure that they do not have genetically modified foods, they're probably not spraying it with a whole lot of Roundup, you know. <laughs> um, but basically organic just means that they're using, they're still using pesticides and herbicides, but they're natural things. The, you know, there aren't the man-made chemicals that are the really bad stuff. So you still, you know, need to wash your vegetables and stuff, but it's not as... They're going to be using things that nature intended to get rid of these pests, whether it's bugs or plants, you know. And that's that's where the difference comes in. So, I mean, and I realize most people just can't afford to buy organic. It just, it is expensive. Um, it should be. I know. It, is. it it shouldn't be. It really because you're not going the extra mile to to add all this other stuff to it. You know, it the the part that makes organic hard to to do and expensive is keeping it away from the genetically modified stuff. You know, it's it's a challenge when you're trying to grow crops um, to make sure that, you know, wind doesn't carry a genetically modified pollen over to your, your crop and contaminate it. Now, um, that's purposeful because they're, they're actually getting those farms and those co-ops farms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they they, so they will do exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they they do it on purpose, and they are paying some farmers to rat out their neighbor farms if they're not using the genetically modified seeds, and it's just it's it's horrible. You know, these they're pitted against each other when it used to be they all worked together. You know, they you know, supported each other. And you can't hardly get that anymore because of this genetically modified stuff. Um, well, there, the, there, there is a, a situation on that. And I'll look at Oregon. Oregon was doing a great deal of notifying people what Oregon did. They started their own co-op farming. And mm-hmm. when a farmer is being... Um, battered like you were just talking, um, they go after them. And the co-op goes after them because they are actually um, 
as you said, set up so that they would be uh, neutralized. <laughs> right. And so um, with that neutralizing, it is the issue of uh, getting those co-ops are stopping more of the action because they are be the um, GMO companies are being caught with their pants down on mm-hmm. these situations. So the people are fighting back, and it's not as easy as it used to be because of uh, of fear, and and that's good because. Well- we can't have that fear continue and taking over our country. That is well, and, yeah, and and beside, it it's more difficult in that sense because of the fear. The way they're, you know, Monsanto and them are coming at us to, you know, put that fear into us. But well, on, the other, on the other, on the other, but they're not winning their cases like they used to. Oh, I know. And that and that was what I was going to say. We've got more people coming around to realizing what's going on. So they're they're wanting to protect their food more. They're still not maybe wanting to buy organic because it is so expensive. But but I I, I we you still have the ones with their heads stuck in the sand. And I apologize if anybody on this phone has you know got their head there. But <laughs> um, the um oh where did my where did my head go it went stuck in the sand i think um <laughs> if i forgot my but the the people though are coming more around oh i was gonna say i i am still amazed at how many people are of the belief that genetically modified food is nutritious and it will feed thousands of people i'm going we could feed thousands of people with organic food and and whatnot it's just that nobody's giving it to them they throw they there is so much food waste in this country it is unbelievable food that could be taken down and given to the homeless but they have these laws in place now you know when when my husband was alive and we would go visit his sister, who is who lived in one of these mentally challenged resident homes. Mm-hmm. They they would have, um, you know, dinner get-togethers, you know, type of thing where everybody brings a dish and you know you celebrate something or another, you know, Christmas and and whatnot. They suddenly said we could not bring homemade food we had to go to the store and buy packaged food and get rid of them it it was it's like you know they they figure out ways to put up a roadblock for eating healthy you know even even if somebody wasn't cooking with organic ingredients, just the fact that they're cooking something from home and bringing it, it's a lot better than the stuff you buy in the store that has, you know, three miles long of ingredients, you know. 
you, at least you know what you've got when you, you're fixing it at home. You know, you got your flour, your sugar, your, you know, eggs, you know. Uh, but you don't have all the added non-pronounceable stuff, <laughs> you know, in it. Yep. I don't know, it just, it just makes me mad when, you know, people are trying, but they're being blocked every every step of the way. And it's a good thing that there are people that are strong enough saying, okay, I'm going to step out of the way on that one, but walk around it. But you're not going to beat me. You're not going to beat me. You know? And I think that just because of me changing my diet some eight years ago, I'll say seven, because the first year after my husband passed, I wasn't into anything. Um, Tennessee was when I, you know, really started eating the organic. It was probably about, oh, what was it, 2010 or 2011 we went to Tennessee? Anyway, that's when I started eating organic, and I think if I hadn't been um, doing that, and the other things that I've been doing too, you know, I've changed a lot of things in my life that are healthier for me now, you know, giving up smoking and all that kind of stuff. It was all, if I hadn't been doing these things for the past seven years, my stroke probably would have been a whole hell of a lot worse. Yep. You know, I'd, I, I had a very, very mild stroke and never lost any function. I mean, I, I can tell something happened, you know, because my my right hand just still doesn't want to do the the fine dexterity things that it used to do. Nobody else can tell the difference, but I can. Right. Um, you know, and just the just the minutest little movements, you know, that <laughs> you, you you take for granted until it goes away, and then you're going, boy, that's really annoying, <laughs> you know. You know, not being able to make your toothbrush go in the right direction when you're brushing your teeth. It's just little things like that, you know, that only you notice, but, you know. Still does but for all, yeah, for all intents and purposes, though, I'm I'm back to normal. But I never did, really did lose, you know, I never did lose the ability to walk or anything like that. Um and I attribute it to actually changing a lot of stuff. You know, the foods I was eating, the smoking. Um, I'm kind of out to lunch on the whole coffee thing. I used to drink a lot of coffee. And I've heard coffee is good for you. But, in fact, I read one article. You should be drinking like eight cups a day for the health benefits. And I'm going... Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go back to that, you know. Um, but I was getting away from it for the caffeine sense because I wanted to see if there was, you know, if it was causing anything with me, you know, drinking so much caffeine. <clears throat> and it did help me stay awake. <laughs> I, I missed that part of it. But, you know, I didn't have any problem 
coming off of it using this dandy blend that I use for coffee instead now. But um, it smells and tastes like coffee. So it was easy for me to get off of it. Um, in fact, when I taste coffee now, it's too bitter. <clears throat> but Who do you think they're trying to really help when they want you to get back on coffee? Well, there are health benefits with coffee. But the thing with coffee nowadays is it's so... I mean, your lattes and your, you know, frappuccinos and all that stuff, <clears throat> it's putting a whole lot more into that coffee than just coffee. You're getting you sugar go. and your dairy and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's a whole that's a whole different ball of wax than just drinking a cup of coffee. That's the point. And, and I would put cream and sugar in my coffee because I never liked the bitter taste, so I always drank cream and sugar. And I weaned myself off. Um, I finally took the the creamer out of my coffee, and I still didn't like it so much. But it got easier. And then when I found the Dandy Blend, and it wasn't so bitter, I was then able to cut out the sugar. Um, and actually using this Dandy Blend, I was able to actually get off coffee. Now, well, but I but I have I have heard that coffee does actually have good um, health benefits. But if you have to drink eight cups of it a day, you know I'd be looking for tablets or capsules of you know, you know, kind of like you get the green tea capsules of of stuff because green tea has good health benefits, but. I don't really like the taste of green tea no, so much, do. you know. I I, I ha- have stuff, you know, and I do have some green tea, but I put other things with it, you know. To I just don't really care for the green tea taste too much. I think it's because when we were kids and sick, our mom always gave us a, a cup of hot, Lipton tea with right. cream and sugar in it, and I just didn't like that. <laughs> like, no, don't bring me that. Um, and that that actually ruined me for trying to like enjoy drinking teas. Although I've gotten over that now, I like to drink a lot of the herbal teas and stuff, but um, I don't. I don't put cream and sugar in them. Um, I will occasionally um, put a little bit of honey, just, you know, a little bit. Um, And that's more for the benefit coming from the honey, because honey is really good. I mean, you need to make sure you're getting it locally, or, you know, what could be considered local. Because then honey has all of the pollens and all of the out, you know, the things that cause allergic reactions in people. It has that in it, and when you eat that, it builds up your immune system so you don't have these allergic reactions. 
Right. So honey, honey is very good for you in that respect. It's still sugar though, you know. So you gotta you gotta watch it. Like every day, I'll have like half a teaspoon of honey in um, a hot cup of lemon apple cider vinegar. You know, that's, that's not too bad. I've I found that if I put honey or um, lemon juice and apple cider vinegar together, it tones down the. Uh, the yeah, it tones down the apple cider vinegar. I thought that was very strange, but it does. I use two tablespoons of each, and then about a half a teaspoon of honey. And it, the honey, in that respect, helps cut it a little bit more. You know, because it's it's hard to drink the apple cider vinegar. I don't care what anybody says; it's hard to drink it. Um, I'm drinking it now with my. Um, with my uh, purple rice. Mm. I, I purple rice, let it stand, <clears throat> and then I um, put the uh, apple cider vinegar in it, but I only put two little teaspoons in because uh, I'm with you on, on that uh, bitterness. Uh, I'm, I don't do well on bitterness either. However, try, try, try adding some lemon juice to it. Well, I have surprised. the bottle. I have the bottle lemon juice, and I think it's a hundred years old now. So, <laughs> so I don't use it. But are you aware that the tea has more caffeine in it than the coffee did? Some of it does. Yeah, there's some of it that has no caffeine in it naturally. No. Um, a lot of the herbal teas don't have you know caffeine, but when you look at the boxes, you know, they're like if the box says um, for energy or something like that, mm-hmm. it's going to have caffeine in it. And it yeah. may be a natural caffeine, but it's going to have caffeine. But there's a lot of teas that don't have it, too. So with it's not it's not like coffee where it's either got caffeine or it's decaffeinated, you know. Teas, they're a... Mm-hmm. Some of them have more caffeine. Others have, you know, maybe just a little bit of caffeine. But, um, yeah, you just got to read the box, find out, you know, look and see where <clears throat> where they list caffeine in the ingredients. The further down the list it is, the less caffeine it is. Right, right. Yeah, that's what they've taught us. I just wonder how much they've screwed with that premise, too. I don't, I don't know. And, and inverted the list, you know. <laughs> Can we trust them? No. I don't know. You know, at some point, I think we have to just, you know, trust our own gut That's and exactly say, right. you know, I I choose to worry about this, but I'm not going to worry about that. I'm, you know, when I look at ingredients, if if I have to stand there for 10 minutes to read the list, I'm probably not going to buy it. Correct. You know? Um, I, I get that one, few, too. The fewer ingredients in it, the better the better it is. And if you can pronounce every one of those, go for it. Even if it isn't organic or whatever, you know. <clears throat> like I said, I buy the organic for two reasons. One, 
I can pretty much be assured that it's not got genetically modified ingredients in it. And two, it does help stay away from the chemicals. <clears throat> but um, I will, you know, look for the non-GMO project label um, on a lot of those things. And and I will go with, I, I pay attention to the companies that are willing to label these things. Right, we sent out that list for everybody to have it because of exactly what you're saying. And there are companies that I don't understand that have, they'll have the same product, but one's organic and one's not. And I'm going, now, how do you do that? You know, how do you you know, grow onions over here and grow, you know, that's organic and onions over here that's not organic. How can, how can you do that? You can't, you know, determine where the wind is going to carry those, you know, pollens. And I think that's how they're uh, contaminating it by those kinds of farmers. When you really, and and that's, and that's, and that's true. But like I said, I don't, you know, you can find companies that will have the same product and they'll have organic and a product that's not organic. And I don't understand the purpose of that. I really don't. Money. Um, why not just, well, they're making more money with organic. So why would they have non-organic? Well, if the people aren't buying, they have to have the other. So the people have the choice for what you and I are talking about. And one of the things, too, that I've read is that a lot more people are not buying food that for just the, what you're saying. If I can't pronounce it, I don't know what it is. I'm not buying it. And uh, the other one is I don't trust this food. The companies are changing. At Costco, for instance, you can now, I mean, they used to have a pretty good array of uh, organic stuff you could get. But it, was get, it started getting thinned out there for a while. And now they're back full tilt, and they're supporting uh, farms that are uh, actually uh, doing more organic and helping them to get started because of just what you're saying. I put in a notice to why don't you support these people to have um, aquaponic gardens? And they're, uh, they're not going to be affected by the contamination from the air. They can filter their water. They can have a lot more, and it's a easier maintenance. And you don't get any response from... Uh, from Costco, but I'm in t- I'll be interested to see what their next report is on it. So, so uh, uh, eating is so important for all of us because of what it says. And uh, I, I it, some of the books that I'm reading, it's very interesting uh, of how. On the one book I was reading, this guy was uh, had his own farm and his own organic animals and his 
food was all organic and he was such a uh, advocate of it. But on the back burner, he was planning to contaminate the world so that he would reduce the six million. And, and they have to tell us what they're going to be doing. And uh, they're going to reduce the six billion people down to the, what is it, 50, uh, only uh, 50,000 or something, whatever, the 500,000 uh, to populate the world. And what was revealed in the book was the fact that, one, they had a list of those people who voiced against, hi, Emily, and uh, voiced against the, um, the potentates, you know, our corporation leaders, and then they were putting it all on uh, a major list, and those were the ones that were going to be captured and put into um, FEMA camps. And then the other side of it was, get this. And, I, and this is part of the propaganda. You have to read the books to see what they're telling you and then what they, how, how they're going to do it. And one was they put the disease in the vaccination for flus. And if you got the vaccination for the year before, you were going to get the disease because it's an airborne disease. It's worse than uh, Ebola, you know, and it spreads real fast. And they were going to do it via the uh, Muslims. Um, what, what is it they have? I don't know if it's summertime or fall time. And they have, and they go around that big box, and they have millions of people in the square. They were spreading it that way. So it's an interesting uh, thing. It's our food, our air, and our water. Then they go to the vaccinations. They can't get you one of those ways. They'll vaccinate the heck out of you. So, uh, and they did a big campaign. Listen to this. The, all the corporation leaders got on the, on the airwaves and said, I, see, I'm getting my vaccination shot. And it was probably a nothing. They had nothing in it. And uh, those that did the, the real shot uh, were immune to the, it's not called Ebola, it's an African uh, thing, and it spreads real fast. But the way to stop it is stay away from people that are contaminated. Hello? They give us the clue on how to prevent it. So it's very interesting. Oh, here was yeah, when there, was the book published. Yes, of course. It was published, if you want to know, in 15, 2015. All the technologies work together. Vaccination, geoengineering, and Wi-Fi cell towers. They all work together. You're absolutely right. And um, speaking of cell towers, here in Spartanburg, in the last, I mean, just last week, I saw another new tower going up, and this is really interesting. I have one between Wofford Region, which I've told you about. Then there's, and, and for you people that don't know Spartanburg, well, uh, Wofford and Regional is, they're just within a quarter mile of each other, not even that far, a third of a mile. And then, but you go up the road, and you get almost called Church Street. 
And there's a bank at the corner of Church and Morgan. There's a cell tower. You continue on Church Street, and there's another one at the Nautilus, which is right in front of, well, City Hall faces one way, but there's the City Hall and the main um, police headquarters and fire station. There's another cell <laughs> That's three in a row that's approximately maybe, I haven't, you know, put it on my odometer, two miles for those three. And then there's another one closer to um, Spartanburg Community College, and that's four in just the last two months. That's criminal. So I'm really thinking. They all affect our immune system, and that is true. And that's uh, part of what I think we want to uh, turn upstate South Carolina into what they call a cancer cluster. Uh, I owe Emily an apology, and I want to say it on this line. Emily changed her email. Now, I've been going sailing with Emily for the last four, maybe five years, Emily. And we've been going sailing. That's her email address, going sailing. And then I get this thing that says upstate South Carolina. And they had some nice little points. They were just short little emails. I said, who are you? What are you doing? Are you from the upstate of South Carolina? And then it, Emily, you're going to laugh. At about 3 o'clock in the morning, it dawned on me. Oh, my God. That's Emily's new email address. <laughs> Go on. Going for a sail, that was it. But to me, it was going sailing, you know. But, <laughs> but that was her easy So I know going for a sail, but upstate South Carolina, who are you? What are you? And where do you live? <laughs> they call it cancer cluster. Maybe that should be your, uh, your email thing so that we can uh, really get that pushed out there, Emily. Cancer cluster at Gmail. I sent you notes yet. Changing. Oh, yeah, you did. I just don't remember. <laughs> I knew you'd change it. I changed it on my list. I just didn't remember when you actually sent me an email under Upstate South Carolina. <laughs> but uh, for, for all that you're saying, uh, Orpha, and for all of us to be tuned in. It's it's important you look again, look around where are the cell phone towers coming up and look at how fast they're going up. Always look at your skyline. I have learned that over the years that you have to keep yourself actually doing like the owl does and doing three sixty with your head. You've gotta keep alert of what's going on around you. You can't ride in a uh, in a tube and say, "Well, it doesn't matter," you know. Well, I wanted well, to mention something while I found you <laughs> taking a breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I stopped. <laughs> I want I want to back up to the vaccines. Um, <clears throat> I have seen this commercial. That I remember way back when I was watching a lot of TV. I don't watch a lot of it right now, but 
I I do get this Hulu, which I can pick my channels, but they do stick commercials in every now and then. And they've stuck this commercial in that I turn the volume off. I mute the TV when it comes on because it just rubs me absolutely the wrong way. Um, and it's about this. I mean, a, a, a few years back, they started this campaign. Well, it's probably been more than a few years. Um, <clears throat> I started this campaign of getting your daughters vaccinated oh, yeah. for this for this human papilloma virus that can uh, cause possibly cause cancer when they become adults. And so they're getting these little girls vaccinated for this. They have so um, many have died. Mm. Well, this, commer- this commercial now is, you know, they really go into, you know, this girl saying, I've got cancer now, you know, and and had I maybe gotten this vaccine when I was, you know, younger. And, and, and the whole time they're showing this girl, re- you know, going back into her, you know, childhood, you know, showing pictures of her being younger and younger. And then back when she's a little girl, you know, if if you had known this, would you have gotten me vaccinated? Mom, dad, you know, really putting the guilt. Guilt trip on them. God, how and, cool. And then not o- now, not only does the should the girl be vaccinated, but the boys now too. Yeah, well, it's. They they want the boys vaccinated at a young age, you know, like 11 years old or something, um, wow. so that they don't get, you know, so they don't get cancer from this human papillomavirus. And I'm going, I can't Excuse stand to listen to this. Yes, I I cannot stand listening to it. It is such, you know, they are really hard hitting these vaccine vaccines, um, and. Right now, you've got people that are so for vaccines or they are so against vaccines because they know mm-hmm. what they're all about. And, boy, the ones that are for vaccines, they, you know, you anti-vaxxers are, you know, making my kids sick. And I'm thinking, okay, if you go and get your kid vaccinated and I don't get my kid vaccinated and my kid gets sick, if your vaccine is working, your kid shouldn't get sick. So what's your problem? That's right. And the big problem is, is those kids are the ones that get sick, not your your kids. Right. That's, they're not telling you. And that's why. Yeah. And, I mean, they they just don't understand what they the, these vaccines have changed so much. I mean, they're not the same vaccines that I got when I was a kid. Nope. They're, they're just not the same. And well, they don't understand why, that. <clears throat> well, this is why I'm bringing out the fact of what this book is telling us. All of the books are telling us what they're really doing. I think they get the word of what's going on so that they write their little stories around it. So much has happened in the issue of these kinds of um, stories that are coming out and they're happening in real life now. 
Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't hocus pocus stuff. It really is stuff that they've they've dreamed up and they want you guys to have, so that you're the affected person. What they are doing to these young people, they are sterilizing them without ever going under the knife. Mm-hmm. These kids will never have children. If they wanted to, they will not have it. Why do you think the abortion clinics are not doing the big business that they used to? Mm-hmm. Not because... And, 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 there's, and they're still getting banned. They're still getting, you know, the, you know like Planned Parenthood. They're, you well, know, they, they do a lot more than perform abortions, but they are being so terrorized, you know. I'm going to interrupt you, but go ahead. That, that's okay, because we have, to, we have to look at what it is they're doing. Now, Planned Parenthood, if you get what they were doing, we're taking those fetuses. What have we learned that they, the fetus is? It's your DNA. And if they're taking DNA, why? Why are they taking DNA? Why are they doing that kind of uh, horribleness to a DNA? It's not for health reasons. Definitely not for health reasons. And so uh, there's, there's a very, very big lie on the line here. And uh, again, we have and I'm and if you listen, I listened to Drake for the first time in quite a while, actually, and uh, he was talking about the different things that are going on that people are still succumbing to, if you can put it that way. And it's it's an interesting foible that even though we're hearing what's happening. Many still deny only because of their ignorance. And it is ignorance that's going on. And uh, uh, this whole thing that I, I listened to with the vaccination thing was a worldwide thing. And they were in the... <laughs> Elaine's, Emily's even saying, exactly, no more abortions are necessary because kids can't get pregnant. They take the DNA for intelligence reasons. And and that's a good point because in this, in this one I was telling you about the vaccinations and them wanting to kill, how they were going to kill the uh, 6 billion people uh, and only keep a, a 500,000 was gen- with the eugenics. Remember, we started the eugenics in California. Hitler picked it up for the Second World War, and that's what he was trying to do with the perfect uh, Aryan race. And he had to get rid of all the contamination, and uh, but he didn't have enough. But in this story, they were showing how they were going to do it, and it was a network across the entire world. This was how gargantuan this thing is. And this is why people have to be tuned in to, there's a reason for the vaccination. 
They want more of you sick and more of you to die. Now, those of us with good immune systems, okay. What did Emily say? The, uh, all of these uh, Wi-Fi geoengineering vaccinations all work together to affect your immune system. So those of us that aren't taking it, we have to counter that by doing more about building our immune system. It's very important we do talk about that. And I'm, you know, you know I'm just going to finish this last thing off okay. and put you on. In, I just recalled what part of what uh, Drake was saying, and it was just last Saturday. He is actually talking the way we're talking. It's the first time I've heard him talking the way we're talking. He's also talking the way we're talking on Beacon 37. And the fact that you have to go back so far because our Constitution and all the stuff that was set up with George Washington being the first one that did the changes or was the head to do the changes that had already been set up before he got to be president is is being now put out in different venues. This is great. More people will be getting uh, the information. It's it's time we got it out there. But with aquaponics, you have to keep the fish alive unless you're in a do an alternate version. Uh, but see, if you get the really good fish that that is, you keep those same fish and they multiply in your aquaponics. You don't take them out and put them in someplace else. You maintain them and you eat the fish to keep the quantity of fish working to purify your water because fish are... Um, uh, and that's what I wanted to say about the shrimp, too. They are um, they're garbage eaters. They eat all the garbage so that anything bad, they eat it and filter it so it's good. So that's it. I, I rest my case. Go ahead, uh, Orpha. Sorry. <laughs> my one thing was three. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, mention, I know I've mentioned this before, because I, I stand back and I look at all the stuff that's going on. I mean, look at how we have a, a nation of such obesity. Um, yeah. Most other countries don't have that. But the other thing I've looked at, you know, ever since all these GMOs have come out, all the vaccinations, everything that's in the air, you know, now I have nothing against gay people. Don't get me wrong. I mean... That's what trips their trigger. That's fine. Okay. Um, but the mass, the massiveness of of it coming out now. I mean, there are so many people that are gay now. It's like, where is this coming from? You know, um, I I sometimes wonder. You know, they're one. They're you're right. They're trying. They're doing sterilization without our knowledge. Um, They're talking about, you know, girls getting the, you know, you used to get an IUD put in, which disrupts that environment, and that's why you don't get pregnant. Now they're, they're showing girls getting these implants in their arms um, 
to keep him from getting pregnant. And I'm going, why? You're just asking to have something injected into you. Yeah, the, they they put it in their upper inner arm. Um, it's a, How does that prevent you or, from getting pregnant? <laughs> well, it's releasing stuff, you know, some kind of drug to keep you pre- keep you from getting pregnant. Um, but imagine what else they could put in there. <laughs> you know? They're putting in the chips. I know that that that, that that could be very well too, and and then they say, and you should be able to feel for this, and the, but if you can't feel it, get to the doctor right away because they may or may not be able to find it if if you can't feel it. <laughs> my oh God, my why would you God. go and have this thing put in your arm? You know, but you know, yeah. I look at all this stuff, and they are coming up with some very clever ways to sterilize mm-hmm. us. And all the sterilization that's going on, it's no wonder the, you know, I mean, for one, gay people, since they are attracted to the same sex, of course can't have babies, you know. Yeah. So what better, what better way to, you know, than the some, and I don't know how they've, They've managed this. I can't believe that there's this many people that have been in the closet all these years, though. Uh-uh. It just doesn't make sense. Something Correct. is triggering it, and I think the genetically modified foods yeah. and all the vaccines that they are putting out there, I think it's changing. Well, I know it's changing the DNA, and maybe that's how they're doing it, is through the changing of the DNA to where you, you're not attracted to the opposite sex that will make it possible for you to have kids. And I'm going to bring up something you brought up uh, just to validate what you're saying. The gay people are not obese. You know, that's... I never never even... That's interesting. I I never noticed that one. They are but, yeah. in shape. Boy, can I come uh, on your discussion? Yeah, go, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, it's really all just part of the overall uh, mindset that is being, you know, perpetuated on society. It's part of a, a large game plan. Um, if I can back up a few steps, and if you guys want me to stop, I will. But... Um, on the fish farming, um, here in New Mexico, uh, they have to restock the, the the lakes and streets, and they do that for ecological reasons, um, so that they can um, prevent the building of algae and the um, the little you know critters that grow in the algae and kill off all the fish. So they breed fish at fish farms. Uh, in order to restock the lakes and streams. So that's part of bio- uh, biology in trying to keep the ecosystem that's out of balance, balanced. But the problem with the farming is not the practice of farming or putting baby fish in a pool. The, the problem with it is what they're fed. It reminded me, it reminded me of um, how swine flu got started when they started feeding 
you know, the meat of killed and slaughtered animals in the grain incorporated it into the pellets. And then the, the pigs ended up having that disease, passing it on to themselves through their own cannibalization. So that, that's one point. But um, so that, you know, that is the fish farming practices, you know, is strategic. It's, it's what they're fed. Now let's call ourselves pigs. Uh, it's what we're fed too that changes our structure, that changes our biology. Um, and so we've gone to okay non-GMO, but at this point, uh, you know, the land is hot, is full of toxins. Uh, worms uh, crawl through the ground, and people are saying, "Well, you can eat worms. You know, you can people farm worms." protein because they're such a high source of protein. But the problem is uh, worms crawl through the ground, eat the dirt that passes through their body, and then excrete it back into the ground. So it has a filtering process, but the ground itself is contaminated. So if we learn from nature, from what the worms are doing, even though they're, they're contaminated, just as we and all living things are on the planet, uh, it's through excrement, through the ridding of toxins in the body that keeps the life in motion. So, you know, learning how to detoxify ourselves is going to be very important. And you guys mentioned about, well, here we have all this, uh, you know, these uh, people that are all these gay people. Why do we have all these gay people? Well, the media now, and everybody has noticed it, is saying, we're not going to talk about sex. It's not male or female. It's whatever you are. And some kids are allowed to, uh, or not allowed, I shouldn't say that, but some kids in school now are having transgendered people come and do story time. And their stories are about their agenda, their purpose, about acceptance. You know, it's colored very beautifully. I mean, look at me. I'm dressed like a clown. I'm a man, but I'm dressed like a woman. And aren't I sweet? Because, look, I have balloons and a pretty blonde wig. And and there's nothing wrong with me. I'm a good person. And, you know, inside we're all good people. But what the society is doing and those that are leading society is changing our thoughts and changing our concepts of what is normal uh, and, and natural in life into what is unnatural in life through the the codex of we should all be loving and accepting. So you take a truth and twist it and it becomes a lie, but then progenerated. It's propagandized through the mindset. So now it's okay to, uh, if you're born a male or you're born a female, it's okay to decide emotionally and psychologically, not biologically, not the structure, the foundation of life, but emotionally and psychologically, whether you're male or female. And so the purpose Uh of that is true because then you don't, if you have uh, same-sex coupling, you don't have the ability to uh, have babies, okay? And And so if you want a baby... You can have a baby through the next propaganda, and that has to do with our DNA. That has to do with our DNA and building the acceptance of chimeras. And right now, um, pigs, because pigs are the closest to people, um, you know, 
human and swine DNA has been coupled. And the, the scientists and the biologists, and this is happening in, uh, I'm not going to be able to say honestly for sure because I blank out on it, but I think it is Sweden or France or Germany, one of those areas, have and are coupling, um, taking a, a human ovum, an egg, and inserting, uh, uh, extracting the DNA from the human egg and exerting it into the cell of a swine. And the scientists are saying the purpose of this is because then the swine and the mix of these two DNAs can create, um, what do you call it, vaccines that help fight disease. But they're breeding these these things and then implanting that egg that's spliced with human DNA back into the pigs who's giving birth to chimera. And chimera is not a biological, natural uh, creation of the life foundation on this planet. So then you look at what's going on technologically. That's the other aspect of this whole agenda to change society. And right now, um, uh, what they're trying to do is what they're discovering, and this has to do with CERN as well, is that the um, the DNA has the ability. They've changed the DNA strand, scientists have, and they've added what's called an artificial DNA. So they took an artificial uh, strand and incorporated it into a normal DNA strand. And what they found was that artificial, so it's a technological strand of DNA that's been artificially created, and it's been just like the chimera inserted into a normal DNA. And what they found was that that artificial DNA multiplied and created, I think it was 10 or 11 more, brand new strands of living cells. They're artificial, but because they are spliced into a normal DNA, now they've created 11 new strands of DNA structure within the the biological life structure of mankind. So that is deviant from our natural state of being as biological people. And so now let's step up another step to the other higher plan. So the long-range goal is to have those that are selected live forever. So how do we live forever? We know our cells die. We haven't been able to scientifically find a way to extend telomeres beyond a certain point to extend our lives. And telomeres are the end caps on each uh, cell within your uh, mitochondria, which is your power structure keeps you alive in your cell. Um, so as you get older, they'll shrink and then you die. That's the life process. And so um, what they're, they have been able to find a way to stop that. So now they're, what they want to go into, okay, we can incorporate. We have found that a DNA uh, molecule or cell is able to hold much more information like a computer. In other words, it's a downloadable application now. Mm. So now that we've incorporated the, you know, the synthetic DNA strand, 
we found that that because it multiplied so fast and because the DNA cell was able to hold that, that it can hold much more than major computers throughout the, the world. So what we can do now is is we can download your biological structure, even synthetic, into a new cell and you can live forever. And what we will do through all this... Uh, this, uh, you know, manipulating of the DNA through our food, through our thought, through our emotions, through our psychology, through our social structure, is we can let people transfer themselves from their biological human structure into a synthetic race. Yep, yep. And that is the way they want to, and they will control us with that syntheticness. And that is exactly the premise of it. Oh, we're only trying to help and get you a better way to be cured from anything. That's the total lie. And that's where we have to be so, so alert. Um, I thank you for that background, Elaine. That is excellent. Because yeah, that, that was really good. Of, wow, getting that information <laughs> I mean, that's a whole area that I, I don't even go into anymore because I'm still on another project. But, wow, that was great. Woo. Well, you you brought up some stuff that I hadn't even heard yet, and I'm going, yeah. you know, and I'm sitting here thinking, is this scaring anybody else? I no, mean, talk scary. about the fear that, you know, if people knew what was going on, they might, really start thinking about the vaccines and become an anti-vaxxer themselves and, you know, stay away from the genetically modified foods. Because when it's all said and done, we vote with our pocketbooks. And as long as we are buying the vaccines and as long as we are buying the GMO foods and and eating the high fructose corn syrup, we, you know, they don't care what what we believe or think as long as we're buying the stuff that they're putting out there. That's and the point. I just, you know, you know, and yeah. I and I listen to my my kids, you know, um, and I watch what they're what they're doing. My 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 older son, not so much. I don't hear him so much <laughs> saying anything. But my younger son. He's all over Facebook, you know, whether it's political or, or I mean, he's definitely, you know, get your child vaccinated. You know? oh, <laughs> You're an idiot, God. you know. Yeah, and I and, and I did get my kids vaccinated, but it, um, I I certainly didn't know what I know now. And I don't I don't think the yeah I don't think it was. They were born just right before they started changing all these vaccines. But I'm seeing my grandbabies getting vaccinated, and I'm going, oh. you know, I I can't. Uh, there's no way I would get through to those people about, no. you know, I, I just I just pray that they'll be okay, you know, and I will be there. If something you know happens, I don't know what I'd do, but I'd you know I'd be there for support. I would probably say, 
Well, I told you, you so. You should, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. Right. Right. But really, I haven't told them so because I haven't been mentioning it because I, I don't want that argument with them because it's the, they're not ready to hear it. Right. Nobody's ready to listen to this stuff. They don't. So I'm I'm waiting for articles or or whatever on the internet that I can then put on my Facebook page where they will see it, you know. And I did I did come upon one um recently, but it was in a closed group and I couldn't share it. So I don't know how to, you know, get some of these things to where I can actually put them out there. But it was a really good thing about about the vaccinations. Went into a lot of de- went into a lot of detail as to what they are really doing with these vaccinations, and that would have been a good one to share because it it might make some of these people you know stop and think you know about it. Also, let's have Elaine send it to us, and I'll send yeah. it. And yeah. Emily's been saying a lot of things on here too about the fact that. But, uh, Wondering and or for even the medical doctor whose YouTube channel is all about relaying the results of medical studies. And most of those studies, I I, I don't even give a, a rat's ass for because they're so uh, manipulated. Well, but well this is where you good. have to. This is where you have to do your homework. You know, right. we've we've been a, you know dealing with this kind of information for many years now, and I. Do believe that we have gotten to a point where we can start, and I'm not saying you know I can look at an article and say oh that's you know fact or fiction whatever, but it takes takes time to go through this stuff and say okay, I'm going to research on that and see if that you know, I mean it's almost come down to does that sound logical or not you know. Um, and you have to consider your source. You know, right. yeah, maybe YouTube, but who's putting that on YouTube? I, I don't look at YouTube as being, you know, totally, you know, bad. Um, but it is a source for information. And if, you know, people, I mean, people are using YouTube a lot to get information out there. But it's up to us to decipher that information and determine whether it is something that rings true for us or doesn't ring true for us. Is it something I'm going to share or something I would not put out there if you paid me? You know, so we have to do our own homework. But the information, the the Internet, YouTube, all these things, um, I mean, I would much rather rely on you know, YouTube information more than I would the news. <laughs> oh, amen. Well, that's, that's why Emily has given us a lot of this. And part of it that she went on is that they, uh, just to support what you're saying, they actually looked at fossil, uh, what was about on the humans are actually supposed to be eating fruit. And they actually looked at fossilized poop from ancient humans to come to this conclusion as they found the poop contained bulk only found in fruit. By getting us to think we are omnivores, 
and to cook our foods, we are not getting biophotons or light energy we'd be getting if we were eating mostly raw fruit. In the days when men did eat a a frugivorous diet, man did live for hundreds of years. Why? Because there's the they didn't cook the meat well enough in those days even. So they get all those that other stuff. This is the link to the five minute video with medical sh- uh, studies showing the truth where the medical establishment admits we are frugivores. And keep reading what I sorted. And uh, part of the thing that both you, uh, Orpha, Emily saying, and uh, Elaine are all adding together is that we do have to change our diet and we do have, because the word die is in the front of it. So we have to change our eating habits so that we are not taken down by this criminality that's coming about. No cooking is what kills the nutrients, including biophotons. Wow, so if you don't cook it, it'll kill it? So that's that's an interesting thing, killing... You know, and oh. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I... Yeah, go ahead. I agree somewhat with you, Emily, but I... We are, we are all different, and I do not believe... I mean, I know if I just tried to eat fruits, I would not make it, because I... It just isn't what I believe there are certain animals we are meant to eat. Our our teeth, we have canine teeth for a reason. We have cutting teeth. We have ripping teeth. There's there's a reason for having those kind of teeth. Um I, I I'm not saying that everything needs to be cooked. I'm not but I would I am not a raw diet eater. I just I can't digest it very well. Um, I have to have things at least slightly cooked. And and it's not meaning that everything has to be cooked. But, you know, because I do eat like avocados and stuff like that, you know, lettuce and, you know, things like that that are meant to be raw. But we have to have a certain amount of animal fat to, to... deal with some of the vitamins that we have to, the fat-soluble vitamins. Um, I just, I don't know, and and some people can't deal with animal, you know, stuff, and that's fine. That's fine for them. Emily, you're you're one of those, and that's fine for you, but for me, I need some, I like eggs, I like, you know, and I get all kinds of guff from all kinds of people telling me to quit drinking milk and and whatnot, but milk doesn't bother me. I, milk is something that I've, but I do not drink conventional milk either. If I could get raw milk, raw organic grass-fed milk, that's what I would do, but it's illegal here in Illinois, so I can't buy it. But I get the next best thing. It's non-homogenized. It's very low pasteurized, and the, the the cows are you know fed what nature intended them to eat. I'm not eating the conventional milk, and it has drastically changed 
I mean, I used to get all kinds of sinus infections. Uh, the drop of a hat. I'd get a whole cold. It would turn into a sinus infection. And I drank a lot of milk. But what I noticed, and you know, I was on Zyrtec and everything else trying to keep me from getting these sinus infections. But when I changed the milk I was drinking to the non-homogenized, organic, grass-fed milk, low pasteurized so it you know doesn't kill the bacteria i no longer get sinus infections i no longer have that phlegm coming up in my throat all the time i just you know there so there is a difference and i will go to bat for this you know i it may not be right for a lot of people but for me it's right and i think everybody has to Decide what's right for them. I don't think one size fits all. I don't, you know, and I do believe that we can be fruitarians and just eat nothing but fruit because all fruit isn't all sweet. Like an avocado is a fruit. Squashes are fruits. If it has a seed in it, it's a fruit. So, yes, and I love those things. I love eating them. Um... But like with squash, I won't eat it raw. Um, maybe you can, but I don't see where it's very uh, appetizing. But anyway, I I think fun. there's a moderation for a lot of stuff. And I think you have to deal with, you know, look at how things work for you. We're all different. And I really don't think that eating raw is for everybody I'll eat some things raw I'll eat some things cooked I do like you know to eat eggs I do like you know a little bit of turkey or chicken I make some bone broth from the bones and that which is very good it, it heals the gut I I just I I just don't completely agree with you Emily I'm sorry <laughs> And that's, you know. and that's a right to disagree. I mean, we're here to get a section, and I didn't want you to get into a battle zone. For no, I, I'm not. I'm not looking for an argument. I I'm know, just, but I she's giving say, information. It's yeah. about information, and, and, and that's fine. Yeah, and I can't. Uh, I can't tolerate milk. It just is a, a, a massive laxative for me. So I'm the opposite of you. And uh, we we don't have, she's saying we lived the longest when we did, did not cook our food. So that was what her point was. And there's a, a case in England where this gentleman was 104 years old and he was, an, a, 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 what an accomplishment. And we're talking in the 1400s, 1500s. And they brought him to the king's uh um, palace, and they fed him all sorts of food. He was dead inside of a week because it was all the heavy, heavy food, all cooked, and he had always lived, uh, had been a vegetarian, basically, and that's why he did live that long. But what well, yeah, you saying, can't... I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish. Yeah. What she's saying is keep reading what... No cooking is what kills the nutrients, including biophotons. Cooking kills, yes. We lived the longest when we did not 
uh, cook our foods. We don't have canine teeth. We have teeth like primates. Canines uh, have teeth like pigs. Canines also have more stomach acid. People who can't deal with food are just going through detox reactions, which will be different for everyone. Also, people's toxicity levels are different. But these are the only differences. We are all made of cells, and our digestive tracts are all designed the same way. I'm just saying as an optimal diet, eat mostly fruit. That is what the experts are now finally agreeing with. And that's, and that's a good segue because it is up to our choice. I used to be like you, Orpha, that I could never go vegetarian. And uh, I'm doing a, 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 a my, I've changed my food habits to where I'm attempting to have no breads in my life. I, I am not. That's... I am not good. I am not good. I have my cereal. I'm not either. And uh, but, but I find when I do the when I do bread, and I did. I bought a I bought a little one of those. What you were saying about the the food, they at the Walmart they have. We bake too much counter now, and uh, I I said, well, I can't have those big uh, croissants, but maybe these little teeny ones I could have. Well, I ate one or two one day, one or two the next day, and then I said, stop it, I'm going to eat them all. <laughs> I wanted them all. And it is addictive. I am an addictive carb eater, and so I it's been too. real work for me. I I don't do my quinoa. I don't do rice. uh but I'm doing um, other things. I'm, I am having salmon. I'm attempting to have some chicken patties. So I have some uh, other protein, but I am cooking them. I haven't quite made that switch over. I find the fruit is so bad tasting that I don't like it. And I make my, uh, my juices, I, I juice a lot of my frozen fruits so I get that. Uh, so I get during the week uh, because it's the only way I'm doing it. But when I, uh, just to finish, when I ate all those little biscuits, there were little teeny little turnovers, and um, there were 19 of them. And I sat, and I think I ate about seven at one sitting. My ear got... Oops. Hello? Are we still on? I'm here. I don't know. Sounds like a lender got uh, beat up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are on. Huh? What's up at Donaldson? How you doing today? Oh, uh, hello. Did you just now get on? Did I just get on? Yes. Okay. I am in a noisy yeah. place. I'm I'm just I'm just saying, Emily. I, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not saying that you know, maybe we I shouldn't. Have, but yeah, there you are. You came back. I hung up on myself. I pointed at my headset and I pushed the button. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Um, but, I, but I was, I'm sorry, I, let me finish that one thought. I found that ear went deaf again. So the carbs affect my hearing. I yield. Go ahead, Orpha. Orpha? Orpha, are you there? This is for Orpha. It's a video with a comparison of our teeth versus primates versus carnivores. I'll, I'll put when all I, of these. When I said we had canine teeth, I didn't mean we have teeth like a dog or a cat. I know that. But we do have what are considered canine teeth that help rip and tear um, meat. Um I'm just saying that I, you know, there even, say so for instance, the I got the, you know, this healing gut program. I don't know if everybody's heard of Doctor Axe, but, um, you know, he he tells you how you can heal your leaky gut because if you have any kind of health issue at all, you have a leaky gut, and there's there's five different types of leaky gut. You know, we're not one size does not fit all. You can't, you know, everybody is not going to heal the same way. Everybody's not going to eat the same way. Um I'm like you wonder I am very attracted to carbs. <laughs> and I try to stick mostly to the vegetable carbs and, and things of that nature. But, you know, grains, which are a plant, it's not meat, it ca- can cause havoc. And mm-hmm. it does ca- cause havoc in me. I I have to, you know, really try and stay away from the grains. And um, as far as fruit goes, I mean, I... Like I said, if it has a seed in it, it's a fruit. So there's sweet and, I guess you could call salty, fruits. But usually when we're talking fruits, we're talking about the sweet ones. And there you have another problem. The sugar content in most fruits, you know, I don't care how good it is for you to eat a fruit, but we cannot tolerate all that sugar either. And I'm I'm just saying that, you know, you got to look at the whole picture. You can't just take one thread here and say, well, this is what is the best for everybody. It doesn't work that way. And I'm not saying, you know, don't try to, you know, get to where you're just eating fruit but it's a process to go there. You don't just stop eating some of this stuff. Well, it's like, especially going the opposite direction, like that one guy who, you know, was a vegetarian, and then they fed him all kinds of other stuff. You can't do that. Um, of course, it's going to kill you because your body just doesn't know how to deal with it. But you can't go the other way either, like trying to become a breatharian, which I believe is very possible. And I think that's probably the healthiest thing is don't eat food at all. Learn how to glean your nutrients out of the air and and, and whatnot. But we don't, we haven't been trained to do that. So it's a process to get there. 
you can't just, you know, go running at a staircase and expect that you're going to be able to fly and, and land on stair 10. No, you got to do steps 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 on up. And that's with, with anything you're, you're changing. You have to, you know, go through the process. And, you know, I mean, when we were down there in South Carolina, remember Rosemary? who had multiple sclerosis, oh, yeah. and, and she went to a, a totally, you know, vegetarian diet, raw raw diet, and mm-hmm. she healed her multiple sclerosis, and that's fantastic. She did a wonderful job. But for me, raw foods is not very digestible for me. I I need to have foods warmed, and I do like, you know, a little bit of chicken and turkey. I do mostly eat vegetables and stuff, but I do like to have some meat. And I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I I don't know. I just I just don't. But it's it's not for everybody. Just like eating nothing but fruits is for everybody. Just like eating everything raw is not for everybody. I think you have to take your your what's going on with you yourself and determine what is the best for you. Um, that's just Can my. Yes, you may. Oh, I hear you. Um, I uh, you know I I have a lot of dental work, and I can't bite an apple. I can't uh, chew hard mm-hmm. things uh, because I'll break my my caps and my crowns and all my stuff out. Um, right. You know, and so um, what What you can do, uh, because I, I honestly, to be honest with you, the reason I don't eat or like to eat vegetables is because of the time it takes to cook it. And yet I force myself to do it as much as possible. But mm-hmm. one thing that I've started doing is you can steam your vegetables and um, you can get one of those little cute steamer baskets, and it's it's very quick. You can steam them really quick. Uh, put a little butter uh, on them after they're steamed, some garlic and turmeric and a little bit of salt and pepper, and you've got a healthy, you know, you've got something that's yeah. healthy. But when you were talking yeah, about... Yeah, I, I steam the vegetables. Uh, just one second. I steam my vegetables all the time. In fact, I found out that I could take potatoes even you know i used to put them in a a pan of water and boil them and it would take forever but i found if i put them in my steamer they're done so much quicker and it's a lot healthier you know so steaming is really a good way to do the vegetables and stuff so i'm sorry to interrupt but go ahead (laughs) yeah this is commenting but you were talking about breatharians and it's interesting because um, in uh, in reading the book of Enoch and some of the commentaries on that, uh, and in uh, comparing that to readings that I've done out of uh, Gnostic scriptures, um, and also um, from Bibliotech.com, uh, which is all the uh, ancient writings and religions and philosophies combined into one site, including up to modern day. Um, philosophies and agendas but in comparing all that the fall of Adam and Eve was when they put on flesh 
And so, um, yes, there may have been, um, you know, uh, human creation prior to the the depiction that, that today's generation is given on this cycle of Earth. But um, they were ethereal people. Ether is a word that is used uh, commonly in science to describe the nothingness of space. It is the air that we breathe and the uh, components. There's no way to really describe nothingness, so you give it a name, it's ether. And ether is the uh, area beyond uh, the physical because it, in ether, which is space, um, you have components of all that is around it all the planets, all the stars, all the dust particles, all the everything that makes up the creation of universes is floating around in the ether pool. So by being spiritual people, which we are having a soul and a spirit, um, we, the early man, the way that it's written in these writings and notations on writings, um, the concept is that Adam and Eve were ethereal beings. In other words, did not have flesh and blood. And so they were still, and they were ethereal beings, and they walked and talked with God because they were uh, not of the flesh. And so the concept is when they had their fall uh, in the Garden of Eden and ate the forbidden fruit, Sorry, Emily. <laughs> no, uh, no insult intended. But uh, when they did that, um, they became knowing good and evil. They became wise. They became flesh. They became carnal. But what happens is separating is from their ethereal spirit. And so, um, you know, if you look at Buddhists and Dalai Lamas and, and people like that. There was a young man who lived for, I think it is, five years in a tree in a transcendental meditation without food or water. And he sat in that position for five years. And it was so amazing that his body stayed alive for that amount of time that the Dalai Lama came to visit him. To, while he was in that uh, transcendental meditative state and affirmed that he is in a deep state of meditation beyond this realm. So that's part of that, the steps that you need to take. And um, I think that the way that we can start as babies in understanding is by, you know, clearing our body of toxins, uh, doing a lot of internal soul-searching, Step number one, who am I? What do I represent? What are my thoughts? What are my beliefs? Most importantly, what are my motives? Are they sincere? Are they honest? Do they provide goodness to my own life and those around me? Or are they deceptive and manipulative? Are they agenda-driven for selfish reasons? Because the bottom line is love is the essence of creation and God. Um, it is the thing within us that allows us to, that separates us from the animals because, well, now they're finding animals are becoming more compassionate. But we have compassion. 
And so compassion is needed in order to have conscience, in order to weigh who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if you don't agree with those things that you do or believe or think or your motives, then how can you change it to a more loving uh, state of being? Because once you reach that loving state of being through inner, in, you know, introspection, looking within, then you open up the world of ether again. You make that connection with the source of your soul spirit. And once you do that, if you continue to generate that energy within your physical being through your soul and spirit, and making contact with the source of who you are, you continue to get stronger and stronger so you cancel out more and more of the physical and become more and more of the spiritual being that you were designed to be. So um, I I have had states, it's interesting too, because I've had states of being in my life where I've been um, outside of the flesh and able to transverse, you know, the universe and able to communicate with my um, designer. And um, it was in the times of my life that 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 had happened. And what was interesting about that was going up into that next level is that then I was able to see who I really am on the flip side, who I'm destined to become. Because we are all divine, beautiful, wonderful, empowered beings that hold within our soul spirit immortality. We weren't designed to be just physical beings. This is our physical life, I believe, is the womb from which we birth into our immortal being, into our God-like soul substance that then is no longer a physical but only ethereal in the heavens and we become part of all that is in the heavens. Um, But it's interesting that the the times in my life when I've reached that point has always been the most devastating times in my life uh, where all I wanted to do, it's interesting, uh, all I would do is lay and cry from a broken heart or from a trauma and totally not even question life, not even care about life, I went into the womb of despair. And when I went into the womb of despair, that is when my soul, I believe, sent out messages to the heavenly forces that created me, letting them know that I was in a desperate situation. And when that happened, the the universe always opens up and reaches out to its children. And it always touches them and brings them back to a healing consciousness of where they are and who they are and how they can overcome anything. And uh, that's becoming ethereal. One of my uh, questions when I sign in to... Um, like some of the sites that I have is, where would you most love to live? And I always, and and I, I thought, well, gee, you know, there's all these worldly beautiful places, but I want to go home. I want to go to Assyria. 
I want to be in the heavens where I belong. Anyway, that's all I wanted to add on that. <laughs> Thank you. That was very deep. Very, very, very deep. Thank you. Can I respond? Yeah. Donaldson, I'm just going to get a quick response to that. <clears throat> Thanks a lot, uh, Elaine, for uh, getting so detailed. Um, I think that there's a division, you know, like all this division that we see, you know, that creates these so-called problems for us, like things going our way kind of, you know, we want that. We always want the things to go our way. But... Um, Everything can't always go our way, you know. But um, what's interesting is that I was um, divided in myself, you know, and then I could, then I was living in a divided world. Who I thought I was, and I was, I thought I was a divide. I basically believed myself to be separate from my body. And I never was aware of the unity nature of reality at that at that stage. It took like she was like Elaine was explaining uh, the downtime to be able to reconnect, you know, the wholeness mentality. Uh, and and once that wholeness mentality is grasped. There is no more division within, right? Things things outside don't so, seem so separate anymore. As a matter of fact, it's the most scary time in my life. Waking up and realizing that everything outside of my body is also part of myself, my larger self. Very, very scary reality. Putting that out there. That's interesting because um, I experienced a fear state and transition related to that. I I was um, I was on an operating room table and I died, and I I had a, a motorcycle wreck and a separated shoulder and my collarbone was cut off. I cracked my sternum, popped a few ribs out. So I had to do some reconstructive surgery. And uh, I remember that in the recovery room, um, I was starting to come back to consciousness. And um, except that it was really weird because, you know, we think, okay, we're coming back to physical consciousness. So we open our eyes and we see the light around us. But in this case, it was like my physical eyes weren't open, but my spiritual eyes were open. And I was in a dark place, but I could hear what my senses, my soul spirit sensed was the people around me and and the fact that I was in a recovery room. And I could hear people talking in the background. And I could tell by the voices how far away they were, the distance they were from me, like about four or five feet. And so, but all of a sudden I started, I felt motion in my spirit being and I started being drawn up through what my senses, my spiritual senses were telling me was a transparent tube about if I had to gauge the depth or the width of it about three feet deep. 
In other words, the walls of this tube were three feet thick, and they were transparent, and I was being taken up. And um, so I passed through outer space. I passed through all these uh, the layers of the heavens, and then all of a sudden I went at light speed through a pinpoint into the second heavens or the third heavens, a higher realm. And I was um, floating in the sky in the clouds, and the clouds were singing uh, praise and love and glory to God. Um, and, and I remember that I was thinking, wow, I'm flying. I'm floating in the clouds. And yet I hear the clouds singing their light things like people, but I don't see bodies. How is that possible? How is it that the sky and the clouds and everything has being and has the ability to praise and sing songs of joy and love in the heavens? And as soon as I thought that, I looked to the left and I could see an image of a of a person, the outline of a person. They were transparent. Their outline was golden, uh, flying next to me by about 30 feet. And, and then they looked. They looked at me and then looked straight ahead and I heard a voice reveling in the heavens is the only way I can say it. Have you seen the way that I send lightning on its path? And then all of a sudden this this being that was flying next to me reached out its arm and pointed its finger and shot a lightning bolt down into the heavens. And as soon as I saw that, I was, it was like a swoosh kind of experience. And I was inside of that being. I was one with that being. And I felt that being's presence. And what I realized is that we were all one in the heavens. We were all part of everything. And then as soon as I realized that, I would switch back out of that being into my own state of being flying, still flying beside. And I realized, and then I started dissipating is the only way I can say it. Like when we concentrate or daydream and we go off into many uh, kind of mindsets, uh, spiritual dissipating is blending into all that is and sensing it and becoming part of its sensory perceptions. And when I realized that, I became afraid. I became afraid because the self in me said, oh, no, I don't want to lose myself to all. I want to keep myself. I don't want to lose myself to all. So when we say we are all one in the universe, we don't really comprehend how deep that goes. But as soon as that fear hit me, immediately it was like I started backtracking, uh, going backwards in time. And pretty soon I was in this, uh, and notice it was the fear so the fear of losing myself to all. The thing about it is not that the – let me interject. The thing, well, it, I'm going to forget my thought if I, if I do because this is, this is important. It has to do with, with, the, with what you're saying. I mean, you're not literally forgetting yourself. You're, the fear – here's what I've discovered that fear comes from. You're literally remembering that you are – you know, that have forgotten. You see, that fear is not coming from, you know, like, think, you know, like uh, losing your limitations. It's from realizing that you've been living with limitations the whole time. 
That's where the fear comes from. And you're like, holy crap, I forgot who I was. At a, at a physical level. <laughs> Sorry. Um, at a physical level uh, with the physical brain and the type of thoughts that a physical brain generates within your physical being, we call that subconscious. But this was different. There's, I don't know how to describe it, and I don't even want to try. Um, but the spiritual being, the spiritual thought, the spiritual soul, is completely 10% than who you are. Whoever's flushing the toilet and blowing their nose needs to mute. <laughs> Donaldson, come on, man. You know me. Anyway, guys, what I want to say is, um, sorry about that. I'm sorry for going back in the tunnel, and um, and then and this is what is interesting. You know, we're talking about the subconscious physical thought and perception, and the spiritual physical thought and perception. And at a subconscious level, what Donaldson is Donaldson is saying, you know, may be true. You know, we always fear the unknown, um, but at a spiritual level, it was deeper than that because I felt ashamed when I realized as I went down through the tunnel back into physicality that I had been afraid of the very thing that gave me so much love and joy. And um, so what happened is I started, I started going down to this, uh, in this tunnel and then I went all through the outer space and all the heavens and layers and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then I was back in this pitch darkness, and I heard this uh, woman's voice, Elaine, you have to breathe, and then someone forced air in my mouth. I was being resuscitated. And, um, and I remember thinking how sad I was that I had, you know, allowed my fear and my selfishness, my wanting to hang on to the flesh and the desires of the flesh, uh, and who I am in the flesh, which is very limited from who I was shown to be in the heavens. Uh, because I'm not ready. Because my mindset is not matured enough as a spiritual being to accept it. And that's where it all boils down to. Can you accept when you're doing your soul searching and when you're trying to find the truth within yourself and create that pure, uh, untainted un, uh, soul spirit within you again so that you can reach those higher levels of being, so that you have the power to heal yourself, to heal others, to help others, to make a difference in your physical life. Can you accept who you are? Can you accept? That's where the whole, whole pono, and I don't say it right, comes in. Uh, can you accept your wrong? Can you can you evaluate why you did that? Can you accept that you did it and forgive yourself? Can you, through that forgiveness, make a decision to do the best of your ability to not let that happen again so that you can go up another step in the evolution of who you are as a complete and whole being? Because the more that you can accept who you are, all your all of you, your faults, your your goodness, your greatness, your lies, everything. That's love. Love is total acceptance. And love is total healing. 
It doesn't mean that I have to love my neighbor who's who, uh, in the sense I can accept what he does and I struggle in my flesh with my frustration and anger. But, you know, God is telling me over and over again by giving me visions of his love for those individuals that they are on a path as well. Okay. I just have to say something, Wonder, and that is this. A lot of people, this this breaks my heart to hear this, Elaine, from you and from others, but it's part of reality, I guess, uh, that the feelings that we have are are the largest part of ourselves that we keep on forgetting about. And like this whole thing about not wanting to feel the the fear, anger or frustration, the, you know, like who wants, we don't want to feel it in a limited sense, right? But since we are feeling it and it's the feelings coming from us, real, to take responsibility for your feelings would really say that that feeling is part of you, you know? So a lot of times what I'm seeing is people don't want to be who they are. And that's what, that's what the, the result of that is actually the resistance to their own feelings. Those feelings are who the people are. When those feelings come up, the resistance to those feelings creates a dissonance, which manifests in the form of a division in reality. So... Go ahead, Elaine. Also, we have, uh, it goes back to a very interesting point you're bringing up, the word responsibility. It's the ability to respond. And many times we forget how to respond and how we really are getting into it. I, I go back to the books I'm reading in the sense of what you're saying. So many start out with no emotion and why is there no emotion because we are being taught to be psychopaths so or psychopathic and it is uh, wonderful to hear Elaine going through these growth things all of us have done it at one time or another she did it in a near death situation, which is the most powerful place to be, to have that learning cycle, if I can use that, because we're always in a learning cycle. And uh, it is wonderful you've gone through that, and you are allowing it to be okay today. And that's growth. All of you have grown. All of you are becoming more enlightened, if you want to put it that way. Yes, we can resist. We can stop things. But there's going to be a time in our lives when we're going to have to face something that we have avoided facing. Elaine did it on the, uh, after this horrific accident. Each of us are going to have to face it at the time we're most ready to face it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I was thinking about animals, you know. Um, You know, we have pets and people that raise animals. And 
I, I think of the people that raise rabbits, that raise chickens, that raise cattle. Uh, and, and look how they live. I mean, how were they meant to live? To roam the range free, to run the fields wild, to fly through the sky. And yet we put them in cages and we put them in confined areas and we control. I hate to see horses in, in little halls that are, you know, 10 by 12 and we just have to stand there all day long. Uh, we're supposed to be running the fields free. And that's the kind of the way that I compare our, our lives is that in the physical, with the limitations of a lower consciousness, we're no different than the caged animal. But when we can, no matter, you know, you can transcend any environment and rise above it, and through that raising, you know, uh, you can you can actually change where you are. You can change the situation that you're in. And so being able to see your limitations, the, the stable or the corral that you that you are in in life and identify it gives you a way to see beyond it and how to break through it and come above it. Jump the fence, so to speak. Don't be afraid to jump the fence. But it also reminded me when talking about food, you know, I remember one part in the Bible and some people like the Bible, don't like the Bible. doesn't really matter, but it does make a lot of sense. There are a lot of truths. But I remember that the uh, disciples came up and said, oh, you know, we need food. We've got to have food. And, and where are we going to have food? And, you know, bring us food. You know, then people would say, we need to make fish fall from the heavens. Bring us more food. And Jesus would say to them, uh, I have food to eat that you don't know of. And that's what we're talking about. There's the spiritual food and the ethereal food that feeds our soul and lifts us up beyond the limitations of the physical realm. Or at least that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that's good. I I just did something very in, inappropriate. I fortunately had just saved all of the chat room stuff. So, Emily, I've got your information. Uh, I copied it all. And then I did an allow, and I lost the whole chat room. So there was something uh, basically that Emily said at the other end is that when you're, you are doing the whatever you can, I'm going to put in that, uh, of the fruit. And, and have fruit in your, more fruit in your life that's good fruit. As I said, I, I found the fruit I get is terrible tasting. That's why I, I planted these six dwarf trees. And, um, but it, it, it does give you more awareness. It gives you more energy. It gives you more, uh, a lot of things. So everything's in balance. If you notice, if you go out walking and you look at the ground and see the little critters that are on the ground and how hard they are working, they are balancing that soil. And same with the fact when we talked about the worms. They do exactly what uh, Elaine was saying. They They go through the soil. They move an acre of soil. These little worms can move an acre of soil. And what they poop out is the nutrients that are needed for that 
soil because it went through their filter system. We had a guy that was at our uh, April 7th, 8th, and 9th uh, weekend, and that's what he does. He spreads the worm poop over the vegetables in the field by a water process that that gives more nutrients to those plants that the soil, and this is so unbelievable, the size of the fruit is just enormous and it's tasty. But what it does, that system of using the uh, discharge from the uh, worms, I called them a turd maker, uh, but I, I, it, it, it was inappropriate, but I did that. And uh, But he said it eats those weeds that are not helpful to that plant, but it leaves the weeds that are helpful to the plant. And it doesn't mean you have to weed. It means you don't have to weed anymore because they're balancing each other. And that's really what this program is about. Every week we come together, look at what we've talked about, the balance between nature, your spirit, your body, your thinking, your intellect, your sexuality, there's always balance. We, when we get top-heavy, i.e., I think the subject was brought up about the gaze, I think that has been a definite attempt to imbalance human life. And I'm not against gaze. I'm against the F that is being perpetrated on innocent people and thinking they have to be this way rather than that way. And it's uh, an interesting way we can end this program because it's 1130, gang, and I so am glad you're all on here. I'm glad I copied everything of of what you gave us, uh, Emily, so I can put it in the email. And... um, I'd really like to close in this upbeat point because you've given us a, the next level up in where we have to be ourselves, not what someone else wants us to be. You have to be able to respond to yourself and your and, and that was another thing that I'm like putting, your intuitiveness. Elaine has been doing most of what she's survived in in that horrific neighborhood on her intuitiveness. And I really take my hat off on your ability to stay there. And uh, we can only send you good energy. So let's do the whole ponopono so that we can help ourselves and let that be that rock that drops in the pool and the radiation of those little circles go all the way out. Because I was very surprised today that even um, Drake Bailey is starting to say the way we're talking. So it's not a we did it. It's a the rings are doing it. It's going out around the world. People are getting it. They can't do it the other way. 
they are not going to go into the insanity of doing something over and over and expecting a different result. It will not happen. We must do the changing. So I yield, and or if you'll start the ho'oponopono, and then you step in, anyone that wants to do it, that's cool. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please, please forgive, forgive me. me. Please forgive me. I love you. I love, I love you. you. I love you. Even guest five is doing it. She wrote, please forgive me. Yeah. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How, how, how. And this is such a powerful recording. I hope we all listen to it again because there was great information shared. There was great ideas gotten out, and it is a way for you to actually care for yourself. Let's, let's make that the energy thrust we can do. And, and I'll tell you, my changing the way I'm eating, I did not do overnight. It has taken me two full months to do just even to make certain I have no bread in the house. Okay, guys? So um, it, it isn't an overnight thing. It is do a little bit, a little bit for your body. Just as Orpha has said, her body can do it her way. I can't do it her way. And Elaine has to do it her way. So everyone, and Donaldson does it his. He, he's out there in the world. And Emily does it her way, too. That's right. And she just said, I agree that there is a lot of unripe fruit out there. So you have to be even careful of your fruit that you get at the store. That's why I don't buy the store. Taken off before it's ripe. So we can go into a whole discussion on that one. (laughs) And something else with the fruit, too. It's it's lost all of its flavor through what they're doing to it. You know, they've taken all of the nutrients out of the soil. So what you know, so when you eat organic fruit, that it brings that flavor back into the fruits. So you'd Excellent. you'd be surprised how much more flavorful and I mean, you can smell the fruit. You know, organic fruit because it it still has everything in it it's supposed to have. So there's a big difference, big difference. And that, and that, okay, she said, that is why you have to get it from local growers, and that's a great point. I, and you 
that already right. off. That's good. Okay, let's put our arms way out and let's hug our commun our neighbors, then our community, and then our city, and help them to see the danger so that they can actually take care of themselves and not wait for that exterior energy. We save ourselves, not them. We are in control of our bodies and our minds and our spirits and our love and our caring. So let's give a big hug and give the the Patricia E so that we really get that energy out there. One, two, three. Wow, that was great, gang. I have to turn this up. Last last week I um I went boing and and hung up and I couldn't I couldn't end the talk. So here. I'm. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.